Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good afternoon, everyone. This is Kennard Levy-Brown speaking. I'm your host for the Merciful Service of God Biblical Instructional Program on Blog Talk Radio. I've been on here for several years, since uh, 2007, and I welcome you to listen to all the podcasts I have on Blog Talk Radio in the archives. I have over 300, I think over 330 now, and it's increasing here as I have made a new commitment to making more programs. So uh, the if you, you guys have been listening to me for years, uh, the format has changed here. It's on Sundays at 1 o'clock. Usually I was having some technical issues. That's why I'm a little late here. But um, I, I try to talk about short topics here in 15 minutes um, or less. And so what we're going to talk about today is why does anti-Semitism exists. Anti-Semitism, as defined, uh, when you look at it, uh, let me just, this is the Britannica.com website, the free version of it. Uh, it says, anti-Semitism, hostility toward a discriminate, or anti-Semitism, hostility toward or discrimination against Jews as a religious or racial group. The term anti-Semitism was coined in 1879 by the German agitator Wilhelm Marr to designate the anti-Jewish campaigns underway in Central Europe at that time. All right? And so that's what it is. It's a, it's a pure hatred for Jews. Now, the interesting thing about this, uh, and if you have never been told this before and you consider yourself a Christian, uh Jesus, or Yeshua, that's his Hebrew name of Jesus, he is a Jew, folks, all right? And he stated this about himself and about his people in the first century. Uh, In John 7, verse 7, he stated, the world cannot hate you, but me it hates because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. And see, (laughs) let me state this again. He states plainly, And this was in the first century. And a lot of people just don't understand this. Um, If you really believe what he's telling you here, then the next question you have to ask, well, if there is a a belief or faith where it testifies that what you're doing is wrong and people hate it, then what's going on? I mean, you have to question that, first of all. But anyway, the world cannot hate you, but me it hates. 
because I testify of it, that the works thereof are evil. Let me repeat that again. It says the world cannot hate you. World means the majority of people. But me it hates because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. And so I understand this as a shepherd. He's the chief shepherd, but I'm a shepherd underneath him. And I understand when I try to correct people, they hate it. <laughs> and they hate me because uh, hate means you have a great dislike. And I've heard people close to me telling me that. And the reason why they say that is because I'm trying to correct them. All right. Now, Yeshua, of course, was a perfect man. So he, more than me, had a right to try to correct people. Okay. <laughs> so, so the question is, why do some people, and it's, it's a good bunch of people, hate Jews considering the fact that Yeshua is a, is a Jew? And it's so, somewhat of an oxymoron, right? Because if you're claiming that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, and yet you hate Jews, that how in the world can Jesus be your Savior because Jesus is a Jew? Does that make any kind of sense? It's insanity. But the Bible says in Jeremiah, in Jeremiah, and this is where we're going, and this, and, and, and this is a prophecy saying that most people at this period of time in history have either lost their minds or are or, or getting ready to lose their minds. In Jeremiah 51, verse 7, it says, Babylonia, this is in the net version, which is a very good version of the Bible, by the way. Uh, you can get it free online. Uh, had been a gold cup in the Lord's hand. She had made the whole world drunk. The nations had drunk from the wine of her wrath. So they have all gone mad. They've all gone mad, you know, and, and that's what's going on right now. When here you are hating Jews. And really, you're really hating the Messiah if you hate Jews because the Messiah is a Jew. He, he is a Jew. You, you can't hate Jews and, and not hate the Messiah. <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. So the Hebrew of that, it says, upon the grounds of such conditions, the nations have gone mad. And the nations are going, anti-Semitism is a form of insanity, ladies and gentlemen. It really is. It doesn't make any kind of sense whatsoever. And then in uh, the, um, for, especially for those who claim they're Christians, and yet they want to get away from Jewish things. They don't like Jewish things. It turns them off. That's a form. I hate to say this, folks. I don't like saying it, but I have to correct you in love. You're showing that you don't like Jews, and you're showing you don't like your master if you want to run away from the good things of, Jew, of Judaism, okay, or the good things of, of what makes a Jew. Because, again, the master, Jesus, Yeshua, is a Jew, okay? So, so I, I want you to focus on that. So people are, are, are having problems with taking some of the Jewish traditions that line up with the Bible and, and accepting them and doing what – and this is a commandment, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to have to just buzz out and tell you um, about this because, you know, people just don't know their Bibles like they should and – and yet they want to persecute other people when they don't understand the Bible themselves. But it says here, and uh, it says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold on to the traditions that we taught you. Now, understand that the apostles were Jews. Okay, so what kind of tradition they're talking about? Jewish tradition. Okay, 
that we taught you, whether by speech or by letter. And for those people that don't want to do that, they don't want to hold to those traditions that the Messiah did. And some of them are revealed in uh, the, the New Testament. Then you're violating this this uh, this command. It says, therefore, brothers, stand firm and hold on to the traditions that were taught you, whether by speech or by letter. And we got to understand, folks, there's no organization or family that, that, does, that does not have tradition. God is no different. He has tradition, too. And so we, we have to uh, adhere to, to traditions, okay? And so there's nothing wrong with following tradition as long as it follows the Bible. And if you have an issue with Jewish tradition or you run away from it, then you got some anti-Semitism. It may not be great anti-Semitism, but it is a little dislike in your master because, again, Yeshua is a Jew, ladies and gentlemen. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, it says, Yeshua Messiah is the same yesterday and today and forever. Okay, and here's another thing you need to understand about Jesus. He came from the tribe of Judah. Everybody knows that, okay? Everybody that is a Bible student should know that anyway, that he came from uh, the tribe of Judah. Okay, so he, he is a, a Jew. And if, if you hate Jews, then you're hating Messiah. You're hating the Messiah. You, you can't say that, hey, uh, it's different for the Messiah. No, I mean, you, you, you think that the Messiah appreciates you hating the people uh, that he decided to be born through? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And Hebrews 7, verse 14 says, it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Yehuda or Judah, of which the tribe Moses spake concern, nothing concerning priesthood. This program may go a little over, maybe five or ten minutes, because I want to make my point here. Um, in Revelation 5, verse 5, And one of the elders says unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book, and to loose the seals thereof. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000. Okay, so he came from the tribe of Judah, and so... That makes him a Jew. And everybody knows that Yeshua, anybody who's an historian or uh, a religious person that really deeply studies the Bible understands that Jesus or Yeshua is a Jew. Okay? And so, folks, we can't hate Jews and make it in the kingdom. We can't hate anybody. But certainly we can't hate Jews and make it in the kingdom. We can't hate anybody, including Jews. And let me read you something. From a book that I, I got About the history of the Jews by Paul Johnson It says the Jewish impact on humanity has been uh, protein In iniquity they were the great innovators in religion In, in antiquity, I'm sorry In antiquity they were the great innovators in religion and morals In the dark ages and early medieval Europe They were still an advanced people transmitting scarce knowledge and technology Gradually, they were pushed from the van and fell behind by the end of the 18th century. They were seen as a um, rear guard 
in the march of civilized humanity. But then came an astonishing second burst of creativity. Breaking out of the ghettos, they once more transformed human thinking, this time in secular sphere or outside of religion. Much of the mental furniture of the modern world, too, is of Jewish fabrication. Much of the mental furniture of the modern world, too, is of Jewish fabrication. And that's true. Um, the Jews have created many, many different things that a lot of people aren't aware of. And I don't have time to go over that today. All you got to do is look at Jewish innovations, uh, typing in YouTube and so forth. And I, I know the reason why, because when you understand this scripture, folks, Jews are going to be ruling over us. All right. And if you don't understand that, then there's nothing I can do to help you. But Matthew chapter 19, starting at verse 28, it says, and Yeshua said unto them, Verily I say unto you that you which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, you also shall sit upon twelve thrones. And he was talking to his disciples here, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And in the Bible in Ezekiel 37, it states that David will be ruling over, who was a Jew also, uh, will be ruling over the twelve tribes. And then underneath David will be the apostles ruling over each of the twelve tribes. And then, of course, over all of them is Yeshua himself who is a Jew. So the hierarchy of the kingdom of God is going to consist of a Jewish hierarchy. And so if that's the case, ladies and gentlemen, we need to get with the program and we need to respect Jews and stop hating them. It doesn't make any kind of sense whatsoever. And then in Romans chapter three, it states plainly that the Jews have an advantage. He doesn't say that to any, no other people, but Jews, it doesn't make them better than us. It's just that God has, uh, commissioned Jews to be the leaders in terms of religion. What advantage then has the Jew? Or what profit is there of the circumcision, which implies adherence to some of the Jewish traditions? Much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. Okay? And so because of Jews, we have a Bible. And so if you're hating Jews, you're hating the tools that God has used to preserve the Bible, which doesn't, again, make any kind of sense, all right? Uh, verse 2, much every way chiefly because what uh, unto them were committed the oracles of God. The communication of God was given to Jews, okay? It started out with Moses, who wasn't a Jew at the time. He was a Levite. But when you read uh, what happened to the Levites, they assimilated into or they merged with the Jews, as proved by the book of Ezra, the first uh, two or three chapters. And then some people say, well, uh, and I'm getting ready to get off the air here in about uh, a few seconds here, but this will be in the archives. Okay, so I'm going to continue on I'm in the archives here. Um, Romans 3, verse 3, for what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? God forbid. Okay, and so that's because some Jews don't believe or quite a few of them don't believe that uh, Yeshua is the Messiah doesn't mean that they still don't have that that uh, special um, advantage, okay? Not only do they have that special advantage religious-wise, but also in society. And like, again, you, could, you can prove this simply by typing in Jewish innovation or Jews have influenced society in a mighty way in Google, and you'll find out for yourself, okay? And so another comment that Yeshua made about his people, or he inspired John to make a comment about it, uh, in John 
chapter 1. Now, this is in the first century. In verse 11, John 1, verse 11, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. And so, sure, there's a scripture that said he gained favor between God and man, but basically, Yeshua doesn't lie. He states plainly that the world hated him back then, and I say on the authority of the scriptures itself, in my experience, that the world still hates him because the majority of the world thinks that they are worshiping the true and understand the true Jesus, and they're not because they, the true Jesus, I mean, the, 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 the false Jesus that's being represented by most of Christianity today is stripped of his Jewish Jewishness. He's stripped of his Jewishness, and they don't associate the fact that he's a Jew. They don't focus on that. They just focus on, on the sacrifice, which is important, that he sacrificed his life for repentant mankind, those who choose to repent and change. He didn't, he didn't give his life for people who still want to be rotten and don't want to change. He gave his life to people who want to, to change and, and want to repent and be a better person. But anyway, John 1 verse 11, he came unto his own and his own received him not. But here's a kick, kicker. And, this, and this, this is his own people hated him as well. <laughs> but anyway, verse 12, so it's not just limited to people who aren't Jews uh, that hate the Messiah. It's, it's, it's everybody. Uh, verse 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become, what's the power? The power is the Holy Spirit of God to become, because you can't become sons of God without the Holy Spirit, uh, even to them that believe on his name. And believing on his name is not just speaking his name properly in Hebrew. Uh, it's much more than that. It's Psalm 105. You don't have to speak his name in Hebrew. You can speak his name in English or whatever other language you desire to use. Uh, Psalm 105, verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the master. Call upon his name, colon. Make known his deeds among the people. So that's how you you uh, speak on his name, by doing the deeds that that name represents. And the deeds that that name represents is simply obeying his commandments. As First John, First John. Chapter 2, verse 1 and 6 reveals, My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Yeshua Messiah, who is a Jew, the righteous. And he is the propitiation of the covering for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the entire world. And, of course, this is uh, talking about people who decide to repent. That's a part of the world, okay? And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that says, I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whosoever keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that says he abides in him of himself also the walk, even as he walked in the majority of Christians, whether it's out of ignorance or outright rebellion, do not walk or follow him completely. And we have to follow him completely to be a believer. And I always quote these scriptures. Because it's very hard to disprove these scriptures that I quote about what God expects of us as far as obedience. And so I'm going to go to, let's see, what is it, Numbers, I think. Uh, yeah. When he talks about Caleb here and his behavior. 
my servant Caleb, in Numbers 14, verse 24, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and has followed me fully, him will I bring into the land where he went, and his seed shall possess it. So let's understand something. The wilderness experience back then was similar to um, learning to overcome sin to enter the kingdom of God. The land, of course, represents the kingdom of God. And he's stating that you have to be like Caleb. You have to have another spirit, which is a true spirit of God, that power that will make you sons of God. Okay. And Caleb, by the way, represented the tribe of Judah. He represented the Jews because he became a part of the tribe of Judah. So he he was Jewish. Okay. And he says, my, my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and had followed me fully. And so you have to follow him fully. And then numbers, numbers chapter 32. Starting in verse 11, it says, surely that none of the men that came out of, out of Egypt, and Egypt is a type of the world, from 20 years old and upward shall see the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. You have to wholly follow him. You can't keep, let me give you an example. Most, if not all Protestants, they, they keep the nine commandments, but they don't keep the fourth commandment. Uh, to them, They've been brainwashed into thinking that the uh, Sabbath is Sunday instead of Saturday, and it's not. If you look up Saturday in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary online, it tells you that Saturday is the seventh day of the week. And, of course, the Bible, the commandments in Exodus chapter 20, uh, when it talks about the uh, fourth commandment says that the seventh day is the day of rest, not the first day. So why did that happen? Well, you have to do your research and you have to understand where this anti-Semitism, it just didn't originate in Germany. Uh, it, it went all the way back until the, uh, the second century, ladies and gentlemen, starting with uh, um, Ignatius of Antioch. You know, look him up. You know, and, and he started, we're not going to do those Jewish things. And, and in the Bible, and I don't have time to go over this right now, but uh, if you just read the book of Esther, you see the anti-Semitism there. Persia hated the Jews. And who's, who's modern-day Persia today? Iran. And boy, do they hate the Jews, right? And then also, um, a traditional holiday has nothing to do with violation of scriptures uh, that even Yeshua participated in. Hanukkah is about uh, the problem of Hanukkah. It certainly involved anti-Semitism. You had a Syrian king a ruler, Antiochus Epiphanes, all right, that said, hey, you know, you're going to get, you're not going to do those those Jewish things anymore. You're not going to do those things, keeping the Sabbath and eating unclean meats and so forth. Where did it all come from? Who was who the people that most obeyed those things? Jews. Jews. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, this topic, anti-Semitism, runs deep and let, let me uh quote something from even though it's not scriptures it's a history book the maccabees because yeshua stated in in matthew 24 verse 15 that there will be another abomination of desolation similar to this all right and it's already occurring it's already occurred spiritually but it's going to be a physical uh abomination of desolation and so let me uh read maccabees here to close and get you to ponder something. And so let me change. Uh, here we go. So let me go to Maccabees here. 
First Maccabees chapter one, and you can get this uh, by the Apocrypha, okay, which is not scripture, but a lot of the text, some of it does line up with the scriptures, not a lot of it, but some of it lines up with the scriptures. Some of the other um, texts, of course, most of it, if not all of it, is history. It backs up the Bible. And so in verse 10, it says in Malachi 1, and these are Jewish writings, by the way. Now, again, he stated that the Jews have an advantage, so we need to take a look at Jewish writing. A lot of their writings, even the, the ones that wrote and did, and did not understand that Jesus or Yeshua is the Messiah, still have value. I know because I studied them. All right, so... You have to learn how to uh, chew the meat, digest the meat off the chicken bones, and throw the chicken bones in, in the garbage. That's what you got to learn how to do when, you, when you're doing uh, study of trying to find out what the true religion is. So in 1 Maccabees 1, verse 10, And there came forth out of them a sinful root, and Antichus Epiphanes, the son of Antichus the king, who had been a hostage at Rome, and he reigned 137 years in the kingdom of the Greeks. Okay, so... Let me go down here to prove my point, give you an example of what anti-Semitism is. It's not just hating the Jews. It's hating anything that's linked with the Jews as well, anything that they do. And so um, right here in verse 41, and this is going to happen again. Uh, Antichrist Epiphanes, as Daniel has proved in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 11, is a type of the end time anti-Messiah. And, and to be an anti-Messiah, you're against not only the fact that Yeshua is the Messiah, that he's divine, you're also against what he did. You're against the, the, the entire person, including what he did. And Yeshua kept his father's commandments. He said it in John 15, verse 10. And anyone that's anti-Messiah, if, if, if you don't want to keep the Sabbath, if you don't want to keep any of his commandments, then you have elements of anti-Semitism. You really do. You really do. And you don't even know it. But anyway, and King Antichrist wrote to his whole kingdom that all should be one people and that each should forsake his own laws. And all the nations agreed to the word of the king. And, and this is in First Maccabees 1, verse 43. And many of Israel consented to his worship and sacrificed the idols and profaned the Sabbath. And so that's sacrificing the idols in a violation of the, the, the second commandment, ladies and gentlemen. All right, and profane the Sabbath. That's in violation of the fourth commandment. And so he he encouraged them to do that. In verse forty four, and the king sent letters by the hand of messengers to Jerusalem and to the cities of Yehuda that they should or Judah that they should follow laws strange to the land and should forbid whole burnt offerings. What do I think all the Protestant teach? Uh, I think all of. I don't know what Protestant church doesn't teach that. There's no more sacrifices and offerings. And this is an anti-Semitic type of attitude when you really believe that God totally destroyed or wiped out everything that Moses wrote about in terms of sacrifices and offerings because it was a mistake. You know, and he did not do that, ladies and gentlemen. He did not do that at all. And, and yet people are taught incorrectly that he did that. And in verse 45 of Maccabees, Maccabees, 1 Maccabees 1, verse 45, and should forbid whole burnt offerings and sacrifice and drink offerings in the sanctuary, and should profane the Sabbaths and the feasts, and pollute the sanctuary and those who were holy, and that they should build altars and temples and shrines for idols, and should sacrifice swine's flesh and unclean beasts, 
and that they should leave their sons uncircumcised, that they should make their souls abominable with all manner of uncleanness and uh, profanation, so that they might forget the law and change all the ordinances. And so this lines up with Daniel 7, verse 25, that he shall seek to change times and laws. And certainly that that was occurring way in the second century, but it was sealed, signed, and delivered by Constantine, all right, in the fourth century. And so what makes up a Jew, which happens to be a true believer, is the fact that a, a, a true, complete Jew is someone who believes that Yeshua is the Messiah, first of all. Second of all, they uh, circumcise, make sure they're circumcised, and they make sure their kids are circumcised, because Yeshua did that. You can check with the Gospels in John. Uh, his parents made sure that he was sacrificed, as the commandment states, on the eighth day. And so if Yeshua was sacrificed, if, if he was circumcised, then we should, because we ought to follow him and do what he commands us to do and, and follow his example. Because in John 14, verse 6, it says he's the way. Hey, mean, way can mean also halakha or methodology of doing things. He's the way. He's the life. He's the truth. And so he's the example of what a man or woman should do. Now, of course, a woman doesn't circumcise themselves, but a woman does what she can based on, on the Torah of God. And a man does what he can based on the Torah of God. Or, or when I say Torah, I'm talking about the law. The word law is translated law in the King James. Uh, the If you translate that back into to Hebrew, it means Torah, and it means all the instructions of God, and it implies his way of life. And so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the true religion consists of being circumcised physically. Of course, it all alludes to being circumcised spiritually. It means being converted and repenting and receiving the spirit but also physical circumcision too. And, and I know as a male that it, it has good health values as well. All right. So it's something that you should do, but ultimately you should do it because Messiah did it. Did he keep his father's commandments? Yes. He said it right here in John 15, John 15, John 15, verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, even as I've kept my father's commandment and remain in his love. Okay. And so you have to keep his commandments. And then John 14, verse 10, John 14, verse 15, says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And his commandments are, John 10, verse 30 states that the Father and the Son are one, so their commandments are the same. And so you have to keep his commandments. And if you don't keep his commandments, you, you, you hate you hate Jews, but more so you hate God. <laughs> God in human form is a Jew, ladies and gentlemen. Get, get, get with the program here. All right? And the true religion consists of keeping the Sabbath. It's not just keeping the Sabbath day. It's also keeping the feast days. Okay? It's also uh, not, not eating clean and unclean meats. Okay? Uh, not uh, bowing down to idols as, as the Catholics do. Okay? Um, that, that's what it involves, ladies and gentlemen. It involves all that. And that's a perfect description of what Christianity, false Christianity hates. They don't, they don't like keeping the Sabbath. They don't like the fact that we have to avoid uh, some, uh, some meats. They don't like the fact that they got to keep 
God's festivals or his feast days. Okay? They don't like the, those things. All right? But God, and they don't like the fact they have to circumcise their, their children. But these are things that, that God expects not only Jews to do, but anyone that follows Jews. Okay? And here's one scripture to ponder. Because the whole world is going to be following Jews. And I'm talking about the Jew that is a, is a, that, that believes in Messiah and believes everyone else should keep the commandments. That, that's the ultimate Jew that we need to follow. In Zechariah 8, verse 23, it says, Yahweh of armies says, in, in those days, ten men will take hold out of all the nations, languages of the nations, that they will take hold of the skirt of him who is a Jew. And this is talking about the Jew that understands that the Messiah is Yeshua, okay? And, 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 and does not say, well, okay, well, Gentiles, you don't have to keep the, uh, the Sabbath. But, but we do. No. The true, complete Jew is one who believes in Messiah and teaches correctly that the whole world must submit to God's commandments, including the Sabbath, the feast, and everything else. Okay, so, so Yahweh Bami says, In those days, ten men will take hold out of all the nations, languages of the nations, they will take hold of the skirt of him who is a Jew, saying, We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. So God is with that Jew. And he's even with the Jews that don't because he has mercy on them. Okay? And so, but he's, so, he's certainly more with a Jew that is a, a believer, believes in the Messiah, and believes that everybody else should follow the Messiah and keep the commandments like the Messiah did. Okay, so I've showed you enough proof and evidence that you've got, if you have anti-Semitism, and anti-Semitism is not just hating the Jew. It's also hating what they have done traditionally, have done historically. And that is keeping the Sabbath, keeping the holy days, keeping the clean and unclean mean instructions, making sure that their children, their sons, are circumcised. Okay? Um, and avoiding uh, clean and unclean mean instructions, if I haven't said that already. So, so basically, ladies and gentlemen, that, and I know this may be a shocking Bible study for some people, but you've been deceived. You've been deceived in the thinking, oh, and also, I forgot. Um, sacrifices and offerings. Okay, let's, let's go over again. The true religion consists of the following. Understanding that we need to keep the Sabbath and the holy days. Understanding that uh, we need to eat uh, clean meats. Understanding that we need to circumcise our children, our sons. Uh, understanding that the sacrifices and offerings aren't done away with. The only reason why there's no sacrifices and offerings right now it's because there's no temple. When Yeshua died, when Jesus died, they were still sa uh, doing sacrifices and all. This, this is a topic that most Christians are totally ignorant of. And I mean totally ignorant of because they are brainwashing and thinking, oh, and when he died on the cross, then the sacrifice offering is totally eliminated, and it wasn't. Paul, if you check Acts chapter 21, he still did sacrifice. Matter of fact, people were accusing him of not doing it. And that's, you know, and so just read that. And then, of course, the disciples, uh, they celebrated Pentecost or Shavuot in Acts chapter 2. And if you read in Leviticus chapter 23 and also Numbers 28 to 29, uh, Shavuot involves sacrifices and offerings. So they were still uh, practicing sacrifices and offerings because there was still a temple. And so anyway, the true religion consists of those who understand they must keep the, the Sabbath 
on Saturday, not Sunday, that in addition to the Sabbath, the other Sabbaths or feast days need to be kept. Also, they understand that the only reason why there's no sacrifices and offerings today is because there's no temple. Also, they understand that their sons must be circumcised as Yeshua was circumcised. They understand that they should not eat uh, unclean meats. And so that, ladies and gentlemen, is the true religion. That is the true religion. And they understand that they must, if you can, go to a place of worship on Saturday, whether it's a home or uh, if you have a a synagogue or, or a place to go to. They understand those things, too. And so, ladies and gentlemen, and that's in addition to all the rest of the commandments that most Christians keep. You know, the last, well, with Protestants, they keep nine commandments properly. And then uh, Christian or uh, Catholics, they keep eight because Catholics, they violate the, the second commandment. They have idols and kneeling down the statues of Mary and Jesus and, and other biblical figures. And then uh, also... Um, they violate, of course, the fourth commandment, and they keep the Sabbath on Sunday. But and, you know, they they admit that they had they had no legal authority to do that. They even admit it. Okay, and so um, it's something that you need to do some research on. If you want me to send you some information to do your research on, just just email me at Kennard K E N N A R D at mercifulserviceofgod.com. That's Kennard K E N N A R D at merciful servants with an S at the end of God.com. Okay? And so, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you understand truly what anti-Semitism means. It's not just hating a Jew. It's also hating what they do, hating everything about them. And it all goes down to also hating keeping the Sabbath, hating keeping the feast days, hating the fact that the sacrifices and offerings, the only reason why they're not uh, being done now because there's no temple Hating the fact that Yes, sacrifice and offering still must be done And if you don't understand that I can send you a study article to understand why uh, and Understand why the sacrifices are not done away with Considering the fact that in Matthew 5 verse 17 Let me read this scripture to you From the greatest Jew who ever lived In Matthew uh, 5 Matthew chapter 5 Let me read this in the King James Version here Matthew chapter 5. We're trying to find it here. Verse 17, it states, Think not that I have come to destroy the Torah or the prophets. Now, let's understand something. It's been proven historically that Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible, which is called a Torah. Okay, it's the foundation of the Torah, but by, by no means it's, it's, it's the complete word of God. The entire Bible is the word of God. And so I am come to destroy the Torah or the prophets. So he did not come to destroy Moses. And yet people today and, and virtually all of Christianity today, they teach that Yeshua came, who is a Jew, by the way, which doesn't make any sense. And so he came as a Jew to, to stop the Jews and everyone else from obeying uh, all the commandments, which doesn't make any kind of sense. It's, it's a form of insanity. Ladies and gentlemen And so that's what's being taught And so anyway I'm going to leave you with this This other scripture in John 
chapter 4, verse 22. Now, this is in the context of the Samaritan woman. Um, you worship, you know now. In other words, he was telling you don't know what you're worshiping. And I can tell you on the authority of the scriptures that most Christians don't know what they're worshiping. What, what is worship? What is, and he says, we know what we worship. And so when you're worshiping, you involve tradition in that, in that worship. Worship and you know, liturgy involves worship. Liturgy is a, is a, is a uh, form of worship. And so right now he's putting the stamp on, on Jewish worship here in this scripture. I just realized this. He's putting the stamp on Jewish worship here uh, in this passage of scripture. And I'm trying to look up the original word here that this was translated in. Okay. Uh, this word means in, in the Koine Greek or, or, the, or the, the Greek that the New Testament was written in. It was written in uh, the kind of Greek that the Septuagint, which was, was the first translations in another language of the original scriptures. It started out with the Old Testament, uh, the first five books, and then they added more. But the New Testament was also written in the Septuagint-like Greek. Okay, And it means here um, to kiss, to adore, to worship, to show respect. Okay, that's what it means. All right? To do reverence, usually by kneeling, prostrating. It means about out. Okay, uh, and then also the worship certainly involves um, doing other things when you worship. And so you can read about those things uh, throughout history, what they have always done as Jews. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we, we have to understand that. We have to understand what the true worship of God consists of, ladies and gentlemen. All right, and and certainly the Jews have done a good job, not a perfect job, but a good job of showing us how to worship the true God. But and then the Messiah, he actually um, confirms what I'm telling you here when, when he's telling this woman. He says, "You, we we worship, you worship, you know not what we know what we worship." In other words, he's he's telling you that he's a Jew, but salvation is of the Jews. So salvation, ladies and gentlemen, is of the Jews. That's what he's telling us. Salvation is of the Jews. And so we have to understand that and accept what he said there. The Jews are our example. I'm talking about the ones who completely believe like the Messiah, that believe in the Messiah and believe that we should keep all his commandments. The whole world should keep all his commandments, not just Jews. Okay. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you understand that. And if you if you still scratch your head about this, uh, you could um, go to my group page, uh, Merciful Servants of God group page. Simply, if you're on Facebook, which a lot of people in the world are, you just go to your Facebook account, type in Kennard, K-E-N-N-A-R-D, Levi, L-E-V-I, Brown, and friend request me. And then what I'll do is put you into my group my Facebook group, all right? And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you understand what anti-Semitism really is. It's not just hating the Messiah. It's also hating anything linked with them. Now, he's a Jew, and Jewish people, the ones that are observant Jews, they keep the Sabbath. They keep the holy days. (laughs) They don't eat unclean meats. 
they circumcise their kids on the eighth day as commanded of the Bible. And they understand that the sacrifices and offerings, the only reason why the sacrifices and offerings aren't done now, because there's no temple. Okay? And so they understand those things. That is really, in a nutshell, the true worship of a true believer. And Yeshua did all those things. He said he kept his father's commandments. And the Bible says in 1 John 2, verse 6, that we ought to follow his example, that we ought to walk like he walked. And if we're not doing it, how in the world can we call ourselves uh, believers? And how in the world can we say we're not anti-Semitic? And so I want you to ponder that and seriously think about the, what I just said. And if God is waking you up, then he's going to wake you up through what I'm telling you. And then, you know, he's going to allow me to disciple you and to teach you the true ways of your Bahia, to teach you not to be anti-Semitic. To teach you to love to keep the Sabbath, to teach you to love to keep the feast like Yeshua did, to, to teach you to love and appreciate the fact that he wants males to be circumcised during the eighth day, to appreciate the fact that he wants us to take care of our bodies and not eat uh, unclean meats, to appreciate the fact that the sacrifices and offerings never took away sin, never took away rebellious sin. What it did take away it's ignorant sin and sin done out of weakness, but it did, not, it did not take away, and it never will take away, rebellious sin. Only through the shed blood of Messiah did that sacrifice happen, okay, and will happen to those who repent. But the sacrifices, as Hebrews 9, verse 13 and 14 explain, and, and the first few uh, scriptures of Hebrews 10, verse, yeah, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1 to 3, and then then Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13, I think it's verse 13 to 14. It explains to you that the sacrifices were never meant to take away sin. It was only done and will continue to be done when the temple is built to have people physically appear before God. And if you guys need a study article on that, please contact me, K-E-N-N-A-R-D at merciful, M-E-R-C-I. F-U-L, servants, with an S at the end, of God.com. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I, I hope you understand what the true religion consists of. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the ultimate Jew is someone who believes in the Messiah, being Jesus or Yeshua, and believes that everybody should keep the Torah, the Torah or all the commandments, including the Sabbath, including the feasts that are listed in Leviticus chapter 23, including the Sabbath. Also, um, this complete Jew who's a believer also believes the whole world should keep the commandments, the Sabbath, the holy days, and they, uh, they should circumcise their kids, their sons, on the eighth day. And they, they understand that the sacrifices aren't done away with, uh, that they will be reinstituted, as Malachi chapter 3 tells you. All right? Um, and also that they understand that... Um, you should eat clean meats along with all the other commandments. So that's the true religion, ladies and gentlemen. And this has been, it's been an anti-Semitic nature really since the first century. Second Thessalonians tells you that the mystery of iniquity or lawlessness is already, it was already at work in the first century. Read the whole chapter of second Thessalonians chapter two. I don't have time to go over that now. And so ladies and gentlemen, you have a lot of studying to do. Most of Christianity hates the real Jesus. They hate the Jesus that is a Jew. They hate the Jesus that kept 
all of his father's commandments, including the Sabbath, including the holy days, including uh, the uh, clean meat instructions, including the fact that he understood he, he participated in the sacrifice. He did sacrifices back then, okay, because he kept his father's commandments. All right? Um, and, he, and he kept all the rest of the commandments, ladies and gentlemen. And he did not violate any of the commandments. And so we are commanded to follow his example. And if you don't, if you don't obey him, then you don't love him. If you don't obey him completely, like Caleb and, and, and uh, let me read this, like Caleb did and Joshua, then we're not a believer and, 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 we're, and we're anti-Semitic in a sense. We are in Numbers, chapter 32, verses 11 and 12. Let me read this again to close the program. Surely none of the men that came out of Egypt from 20 years old and upwards shall see the land which I swore unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because they have not wholly followed. You have to completely follow him. Save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kesanite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the master. Holy following the master not only includes keeping the commandments and also the actions or the methodology of keeping those commandments, which involves tradition. Okay, it involves that also. We have to follow him completely. Uh, there's no organization, no family without tradition. God is no different. And so may Yah bless and, and keep you, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm, I don't mean keeping every little tradition, but I'm just saying that to avoid any tradition, that's wrong. <laughs> you just separate yourself totally from the Jewishness of Messiah. That's not, that's not showing that you really love the Messiah and love Jewish people when you do that. Because, again, in closing, Yeshua is a Jew. So let's learn how to love Yeshua as a Jew, and let's learn how to love all people, including Jews. So may Yah bless and keep you, and Yah willing, I'll be available next week. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. <laughs> 